that my very detailed and intricate, intricate, my very detailed and intricate, you've been hanging out with me too much. What the fuck you doing? Intricate, (laughs) intricate. My brain misfired that day. Sir, I've never seen you really do that. It was, it was shocking. It really was. Getting old. You are. Getting a stroke. I don't know. Getting old. How you doing? Doing good? FTPM. Chris Sims unbuttoned. I'm doing great. Feeling good. Yeah? We are down to only five more weeks of the regular season, and I enjoy this every week. You know, going into Thursday morning when I know we've got two hours of PFT Live and then this on the back end, I always have a little bit of, oh, man, it's going to be a long morning, but... I enjoy every minute of it, especially this part of it, especially this year, because it started off a little bit rocky for me, but man, man, oh man, we are uh, having a good year, at least one of us is. How about that? 12-2-1 straight up last week. You were 11-3-1. and 9-6 against, how do you go 11-3-1 straight up and 5-10 and against the spread? I, uh, you almost have to try to do that. I, it is amazing. It is. I, I don't know. I seem to do it quite often, though. I've had a few of these over the last few years. I, I, I thread the needle too much, like you say. I think that's the problem. How do you like your arm angle on that ornament? It's okay. Let's bring that up again, though, because, I mean, we talk about it. But, 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 but I've made more money for the people this year. I've made more. They're happier to hear my oh, betting no. advice. No, no, no. I've made more. No, 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 no. But Please. look at the spread. I, I will take 99, 88, and 8 against the spread. If you bet all my spread picks, you are buying a Cadillac right now, baby. I can't believe I'm 11 games over 500. Yeah, it's good. On that. It's pretty impressive. I can't believe it. it can't is. believe it. I know. Um, That's so, really, really well done. But I'm going to win that best bets and, category. That's the one I'm going to win. And, 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 again, this is all the product of very careful deliberation and algorithm that I have honed over time, a mathematical formula into which I put various factors and no, I just I look at the games and the score comes to my I, head. That's so. where sometimes I think I need to be a little bit more like that. I almost think about it too much. I got I let last week's you know me watching film. I'm Ron Jaworski on Monday and Tuesday. It gets in my brain too much. I really do. I got to reassess how I go about picking the games when the season's over. Um, but I'm gonna beat you in best bets. I am, and I'm glad you're wearing your regular Thursday shirt. We didn't get to talk about that today on the show. So it's good you're back, and, and, you know, you really should thank me for that. You know that? That you get to wear that shirt. You know, you should. Why? Because I, Why? I, 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 I broke it down. I changed it. Remember when I first got here, you wanted to be Johnny Blazer every time we did a show. And I was like, oh, my gosh, am I going to have to fucking wear a blazer to work every day? Is that what I'm going to be, that guy? Just and, on Mondays. Uh, just on Mondays. No, I felt like I needed to wear a blazer in that studio. Oh, okay. And then it occurred to me right. recently – that shit you never do. So why should I? So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Good. Good. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're in it. We can look presentable. And I mean, I got a nice sweater on. It's not like I'm sitting here looking like a hobo. I'm not asking for Jimmy Haslam cash handout and a Johnny Manziel pick on the side here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, look in this thing, I actually wore it Monday. Uh, Are you serious? in that studio? Wow. Yeah, I Damn. did. That's, you and can't then this do that. morning, I was, I was looking, well, you know what, I'll do whatever I want because <laughs> Apparently. I don't care. When you get to a certain age, you just don't give a shit anymore, and it is very liberating. Anyway, we've got time to kill today because six teams are on a bye this week, and the good news is this is it for the buys. The final four weeks of the season, everybody plays every week. 
No more bye weeks. Everybody's played the same number of games. You don't have to think, are they 5-8 and eight, or are they 4-8? and eight? That drives me crazy. So we've got no Falcons, no Packers, no Bears, no Saints, no Colts, no Commanders. Everybody else is playing this week. 13 games. Let's get right to it. Let's do it. Thursday night. Raiders-Rams. I don't know how much time we should talk about this one. I continue to see indications that Matthew – that would be something. Matthew Stafford's playing? That Baker, that Baker Mayfield is going to play. I don't know. Maybe they'd be better off with Matthew Stafford. He at least knows the offense. I don't get this. We talked about it earlier today. I think this is give the people a reason to tune in. Nothing more than that. The Raiders are firing on all cylinders. The Rams are falling apart. The Rams – did everything they could, pulled out all the stops, emptied the tank to try to beat the Seahawks. They lost. I think it's the worst time to have a short week. I think this is going to be ugly. I'll be watching the sidelines for meltdowns by the likes of Jalen Ramsey. I feel like he's overdue for one. There's really, If this was not what I do for a living, I would not watch this game tonight. So, so go ahead. I mean, you just gave a little breakdown and that and all that. Take the like, Raiders. I'll take the, I mean, the Raiders. Yeah. De- look, I, hey, I've, I've been a Derek Carr naysayer from time to time. I don't like the whole shtick at the press conference. Yeah. We may or may not have a producer who likes to stir the shit a little bit to get us to say those things. I won't name names. But uh, he's playing really well. And Josh Jacobs is playing again. Now it's the short week after playing on Sunday, and he's got the calf thing. Yeah, but he right. still lines up and plays. Devontae Adams is getting it done. They've won three in a row. I love a good story. And there's nothing like a team that felt like it was almost ready for relegation after losing to the Colts and Jeff Saturday coming off of the ESPN studio into the top job with the Colts and beating the Raiders. And they've won three in a row. So it's fun to watch. The defense is coming around. You mentioned there was a Chandler Jones sighting this weekend. He was the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. I think the Raiders win this one 31 to 20. The spread is the spread is six and a half with an over under of forty three and a half. And that just seems like a you know I I hate to do Thursday best bets, but man, that Raiders spread seems a little too light for my liking. I I, I hear you there, and I, I think probably one. Hey, I'm interested in what you said too. Is, is we're gonna hit a point where the Rams finally give up? I've never seen them do that in the Sean McVay era. Uh, and their defense is still damn good. Your question about Baker Mayfield is is real. It's weird. It's odd. I mean, you know, we know John Wolford hurt, but maybe they look at it to go, hey, Bryce Perkins so raw that Baker Mayfield just knowing some of the basics of the offense is is really just the same. So let's throw him out there. I don't know. I'm I'm definitely interested to see where that goes there. But you hit it right with the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders, you know, it, it, they got it rolling. McDaniel's McDaniel's the this is and this to me is where he's always been special. I, I see it kind of every game where you know first few drives might not work out that well or whatever, but then he starts to get a feel like oh they're playing us like this today, and then all of a sudden it's like boom 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 hand off this way that way that way, and all of a sudden they become like they're driving the ball down the field every play every series now. And they had that a little bit last week. It took them a little while to figure out the Chargers and how they were being attacked. But once they figured it out, the Chargers couldn't stop them. And you, you said it too. I mean, the balance is what's impressive. The run game and Josh Jacobs is in that combo for best running back in football. And Carr and Adams, I mean, McDaniel's amazing at, at organizing plays to get him the ball. And then that Raiders defense has become more aggressive. They don't play it by the book. I'm going Raiders 27-17. I don't know. There's a part of me that wouldn't be shocked because of the Rams' defense a little bit if they hung around a little bit. Uh, but 
clearly think the Raiders win the football game. Yeah, and it's always hard on a short week. You never know who's going to rise up. I just don't see the Rams doing it tonight. I yeah, think the bubble that. pops at some point, and they just give up, and they finish out the season. Now they're playing for pride, and they're putting – they're putting film out there that will help them next year, whether they stay with the Rams or go somewhere else. I just feel like there's a certain point where you just you, – the, the humanity of it takes over. And, oh, the humanity for the Rams this year. Let's shift to Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Jets at Bills. The Mike White show continues. Last year it came to a crashing halt, 45-17 to in his third start, also against the Bills with four interceptions and no touchdown passes. This time around the Bills with a couple of extra days to rest because they – played the Patriots last Thursday night. They are nine-point favorites with an over-under of 44. That seems like a big spread for the Bills to have against the Jets, who are 7-5. and five. Chris, do the Bills win? Do the Bills cover? Right. I mean, 7-5 and five and lost to the, the Jets, right? You know, a month ago. Yes. Four or five games ago. Um, with a different quarterback. Yeah, I know. And, you know, and, and Zach Wilson played really good in that game. I, I like the Bills. I like them to cover, actually. It's like, to me, a scary wow. cover. Well, the Bills are scary. I mean, the Bills are one of those teams, Mike. Like, we know you, they could be up by four or six with, like, seven minutes in the game, and all of a sudden you look up and you go, damn, they won by 20. Uh, so that's where you know, it could be a 10-point victory and the game be somewhat close throughout. But I think here's the things. You know, one, you heard me say today, you know, Buffalo's offense, like, I don't know. The run game might be something here. It, it really might be to where they, they, they have like something now where, you know, six weeks ago, but they got, eh, it's kind of a fake run game. They got to go into the point here a little bit like Kansas City where I go, no, you can't just brush it, you know, aside and go, well, they don't really want to run. That's become a little bit part of their DNA here. Josh Allen, we know he's so special. I think he's going to be pissed off about how he played. He lost the game the first time around for the Jets. They outplayed them. And then, you know, at home, you set it longer week. Jets come off an emotional loss. And here's the last thing that I just like the Bills, and I'm going Bills 27-17. It's just that the Jets, I don't think their run game is good enough, so they're not going to be able to rely on that. And to me, the Jets are a little too predictable in the pass game. That would be the other thing i say. I mean, they lead the league in throwing the swing route to the running back or the guy they fake the reverse out, throw it out there, or – a slant over the middle. It's kind of like the basis of their pass offense. And usually when you're kind of like that, McDermott and Leslie Frazier tear you apart. Bills 27-17. I've got Buffalo as well. And actually, I misspoke earlier. My Las Vegas score is 30-20. to My Bills score is 31-20. to um, I, I was trying to talk myself out of a cover by the Bills here, but I think what really has helped – invigorate them you know they they got closer together as a result of those two weird games right. following the snowstorm yep they had the minnesota loss that really could have taken the air out of the balloon for them the storm brought them together they won in detroit against the browns they won in detroit against the lions and both were dominant were kind against, of sluggish and, yeah. and but then the patriots it all clicked right and right it, and then and then the chiefs lose and they slip back into the driver's seat for the one seed so they know the importance of the one seed. They got five games left. They're not going to screw around with the Jets here. And, and again, this applies to any team that's in a position to win its division and have a high spot in the playoffs. You don't want any of your rivals coming to town in January. You don't want the Jets to come back. 
So do what you can to knock them out. Put them on a path that lands them on the outside looking in. Let the Steelers or the Raiders or someone else in, but not the Jets. That's another reason to do it. I think that, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's just another opportunity for them to get things pointed in the right direction. I think they will. 31 to 20, Bills win. And I, we talked about this earlier. Mike White's still going to be the quarterback. Not until they make Zach Wilson the backup is it even approaching the point where they would make Zach Wilson the starter, I believe. They're going to keep riding with Mike White, and I don't think he's going to have that same disaster that he had last year. No, I don't expect that either. Again, I could see him throwing an interception or two, certainly. But, yeah, I don't see a a disaster happening. He's been playing good. There's no no doubt about that. But, yeah, Mike, I think your your one point about – the fact that they're the number one seed right now and that the Chiefs slipped up, I think that is a huge motivational factor for them to be like, oh, shit, here we go. We just hold court here, hold serve. They're, they're coming to us. And that's what they've talked about all year long, ever since they lost last year to the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. So uh, I, I like that point from you. I think that is real there. Browns at the Bengals. The Browns have owned the Bengals during the Joe Burrow era this time around. They're at Cincinnati. The Bengals are favored by six, and for good reason. The Bengals are looking every bit as good as they were last year. And the Browns, despite winning at Houston, Deshaun Watson has a long way to go to get himself back into high-end football form. Cincinnati is 9-3 and three against the spread this season. They're tied with the Giants for the best in the NFL. Again, six-point favorite over under a 47. Do the Bengals win? Do they cover, Chris? Uh, y- yes and yes, I'm going to go with here. Uh, you know, one, I think the big thing is, yeah, I, Deshaun Watson, it's still too early on to think that he's going to kind of get going here. And the Bengals' defense is playing at an elite level. They are. Uh, I know we've hit on it, and with DJ Reader back, it just changes their football team. He's the, you know, maybe the best run-stopping D-tackle in football. So that's where I, I don't see Cleveland being able to dominate the line of scrimmage in the run game and have those issues. And then when you couple that with an offensive pass game that's not necessarily the most creative in the world and a quarterback who's got the training wheels on as far as the offense is concerned still and still trying to get his feet wet here as far as playing quarterback in the NFL again, and then you add on top of that, man, I mean – I, the Bengals got it. They got it going. You said it right now, Mike. I mean, the O-line, it's, it's kind of amazing the, the turn and the positive direction they've made over the last five or six weeks. Uh, there we are last week. The Chiefs, they always get pressure on people and cause a few, ooh, almost strip sack fumbles. They couldn't get close to Joe Burrow. Uh, they're running the ball a little bit. Chase is back healthy. I think they make a point to show who's the king of Ohio here, and I think they're going to make a point because they've been hearing this shit all week that they can't beat the Browns. And I'm going to go Bengals 28-17. And they've got the opportunity to win the division. They've got the opportunity to get the one seed. That's right. They hold the tiebreaker with the Chiefs. If there's any slip-up, and they've got the Bills, the last Monday night game of the year. Say what you will about the crappy December Monday night schedule. That one. Bills, Bengals, to wrap the Monday night slate on Monday, January 2nd. All right, Texans at the Cowboys. Oh, boy. Whoa. 16.5-point spread. And this is a Cowboys team that beat the Colts 54-19, to the Vikings 40-3. to They were up double scores on the Giants until the backdoor cover. The Cowboys are one of the closest things we've seen to dominance this year, and the Texans are the closest thing we've seen to complete and total crap storm this year. 45 and a half over under. Do the Cowboys cover the biggest spread of the week, Chris? All right. So before we hit that, just hit on. I don't think you said your score for the Bengals Browns game. 
2820. I'm sorry. 2820. 2820. My Bengals. Okay. All good. I apologize. No, you're good. We'll we'll forgive you and let you do the rest of the show. Um, Either way, I mean, of course I like the Cowboys. And, yeah, I'm going to take them to cover the spread. I am. I'm going to go 31-14 here. The only thing that scares me at all is just the running attack of the, the Houston Texans, which hasn't really been all that special here as of late. To where, but that I just worry about that. Not that it's going to like take over the game and maybe help them win, but you know, two long drives and you go down and get a field or a touchdown and they ran the ball and did all that. You know, all of a sudden, then at the end, there's not much left left in the game. It's it's hard to win by more than 16 or 17 points when when that kind of stuff happens. So that scares me. But I don't see any area that you can look at with the Texans and think that oh, they have an advantage there. Just maybe their size up front with their O-line compared to that Cowboys D-line. But Cowboys are going to be like, so what? They're going to put everybody at the line of scrimmage, cause chaos, and they know they can cover this Texans pass game. Cowboys 31-14. I got 42-14. to And the one factor that I really didn't consider earlier, and it's not going to change my mind at this point, in part because I'm too stubborn, there's something about going into AT&T Stadium and playing there. The road team sometimes finds a way to yeah rise up because it's such a, a better yeah, right such it's a big stage. deal right. But you know what? The Texans last week had every reason to be extra motivated with Deshaun Watson in town. What did it do for them? Uh, they just don't have the the talent, and and I feel like Lovey Smith is starting to realize he's going to be one and done, just like David Culley was last year. There's talk now that Nick Casario is going to be out, that Cal McNair is going to hit the reset button because Casario was the guy that Jack Easterby had to have. So I feel like this thing is pulling into the station in a very ugly way for the Texans. And why screw up at this point? Why screw up the first overall pick in the draft? Not that they could change it anyway. Davis Mills is back starting. It doesn't matter. The Cowboys are great on both sides of the ball. They have been dominant the past Three weeks, despite the final score of the Thanksgiving game against the Giants. And everything for them is pointing toward hoping the Eagles slip up against the Giants once or twice and Christmas Eve when the Eagles come to town. The Cowboys still have a chance to win that division. They're not giving up, and they are priming themselves for a playoff one, which if they don't win the division is going to start with a game against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers most likely, and then they go on the road from there. And they they, they have the potential – based on how they're playing now, to be very dangerous, and I don't see them slipping up. They're always prone to slip up at some point. I just don't see it happening this week against the Houston Texans. No. There's, that, there's that, that, that in-state thing, too. Yes. And Jerry Jones and company will take extra pride in kicking the crap out of the Houston Texans. Yep. So all the signs to me point to the Cowboys getting a big win. Okay, how about this one? Yeah. The Vikings, 10-2, mm-hmm. and two, going to Detroit. To face a team that was one and six not that long ago. Yes, they are five and seven now. They've won four out of five games. They're playing extremely well. The line opened at the Vikings minus two and a half. It has swung five points in the direction of the Lions. They are now two and a half point favorites. The spread is fifty two and a half. That's the high or the over under, excuse me, is fifty two and a half. That's the highest of the week. Chris, you've been picking against the Vikings a lot lately, and that's one of the ways I've been gaining some ground against you because I've been a believer when you've been a doubter. Are you a believer now, or do you continue to doubt the boys in Baru? I, it, it's, it's, I, I doubt them still as, as a whole. I, and, and I do think this game will be close, but I'm not going to doubt them on this one. I'm going to still take the Vikings in this football game. 
I am. Wow. You know? Yeah. It's a little After scary. Think my pick. It's a yeah. It's a little scary. I mean, there's, there's no question. And I, I even wrote down like maybe switch. Uh, I, I've thought about that. Like we discussed a little today. You know, I, I think really the biggest difference in the game is just the the Vikings already know how to win, and they got a lot of guys that have been in the playoffs and veteran type players. Where Detroit's just figured it out the last two or three weeks. So, you know, and, and then the other thing I look at is. I mean, we know the Lions, the Lions offense is damn good. I mean, it's damn good. And Jared Goff is having the best year of his career. And they have balance there. But I, I, I guess I'm, I'm sick of being proven wrong with the Vikings. And the Vikings, they're, you know, they're pretty good on third downs. And they don't let you score touchdowns. And that, I just look at that and go, I, I don't know. I've been burned by it so many times. I'm going to have faith, and that formula happens once again here. And then within the Vikings, too, hey, the Lions' defense has been playing better, but I'm not so sure they've played an offense like this with this quite balanced, you know, down the, in the last five, six weeks. Not to where you go, wait, they could, they could hand the ball off and go over 80, or they could throw a bomb over the top on us on 80. I'm going to go with the Vikings gutting it out and winning a close one, 27-24, but I don't feel real comfortable about it. I've got 30-27. I think the way the Lions win this game is to do what they did to the Jaguars and to do what the Cowboys did to the Vikings, come out and kick the crap out of them. That's the, that's the, that's the best way to beat anybody, really, but you want to avoid that fourth-quarter magic or karma or whatever in the hell it is that happens, and we've seen – the past several Vikings-Lions games come down to the very end. And Dan Campbell's still thinking about the fourth down, not right? going for it on fourth right. down. Like, quit, quit thinking about that. That's going to get in your head, and you're going to make a dumb mistake. You're going to do something to justify a decision you made two months ago. Yeah. Forget about that. Make the right decision in the right spot. But we And, again, the opponents are starting to let that creep into their heads, that the Vikings have this magic. They've got this horseshoe up their ass, and it doesn't matter. It's going to fall out onto our foot at the worst possible time. So I think it's going to be another close game. It's going to be down to the wire, and the Vikings are going to find a way to either make a play on offense, make a play on defense, make a play on special teams. Whatever it takes, they'll find a way 30-27. to I don't feel real confident about it, but I never do. Why should you feel confident about anything Related to the Minnesota Vikings this year, the question is, how long can they ride that horse before it dies underneath? It, it's crazy. Right. It's crazy it, one team's 5-7 and seven and the other one's, you know, two losses on the year. They both have the worst two defenses in football. It's just that's, you know, that's where when people are shocked by the spread, you know, that's where, like, we talked about it. You know, you go, you go through the team a little bit and you go, oh, damn, yeah, maybe I would take a few more Lions than I thought and then there. So, uh, yeah, this is a very, very interesting football game, but I'm going to go with your damn Vikings because they seem to pull these games out all the time. They've just got a lot of intangibles that are lined up in their favor, and at some point it's no longer a fluke. You can look at it one game at a time and say, that was a fluke, that was a fluke, that was a fluke, that was a fluke. At some point it's not. And uh, I felt that way about the Cowboys game too, and it was 40-3. to But again, that's the way that someone is going to beat them jump on them early, get a big lead, and there's no chance for magic in the fourth quarter. Eagles at the Giants. Boy, not that long ago, these two Giants games still to come for the Eagles look like real problems. Lately, though, Giants fading, Eagles soaring, Eagles seven-point favorites at MetLife Stadium with an over-under of 44-and-a-half. The Giants, 9-3 and three against the spread this year, tied with the Bengals for best in the NFL. Do they cover? Do they win when their arch rivals come to town? I, I don't think either one. 
I, I don't look at a cover or a win. I, I just think the Eagles are just too much. I don't think it's a good matchup for the Giants. You know, and, and then the way the Giants like to play, uh, that's just scary too. One, I mean, the Eagles, we know the run game and all of that. The Giants aren't always great at stopping the run. They let up way too many big plays for the amount of big people they have, but they're trying to create chaos and do some things to help out for their lack of talent, and that causes them to get burned. And that's just here. It's just yeah. They're not. They're going to have to do stuff that's you know risky and take chances if they want to win the football game. And this is just a team that's got answers and everything for it. Let alone the players. They're going to be able to run. And then the Giants like to play man to man as it is already. You don't want to play man to man against this crew. But I don't think they have a choice. You know. And then you flip it around the other side. It's just I don't think there's enough for the Giants to defend. I I, I don't believe that the Giants can sit here and run the ball, you know, at a big-time successful rate like we've seen them in most games they've won. I, I, I don't see that. I mean, Daniel Jones and Saquon, they might rip off one run, two runs here and there, but I don't think it's going to be like, oh, we come away from the day and go, Saquon ran for 90 and Daniel Jones ran for 70 as well. I don't see that happening. Uh, this Eagles defense is, is playing some good ball right now, and they've settled down in that run defense department. 31-20 Eagles. Yeah, look, the Eagles are developing that vibe of team of destiny. Now, we've seen destiny get dashed in the past, but that late season, they slip into a zone where they just show up and kick your ass, and then they get ready again, and they show up and kick your ass, and that's how they've been. What they did to the Titans last week, that's what convinced me. They are in full-blown show-up-and-kick-your-ass mode. They went through a stretch where they were a little wobbly. They still found a way to win the games. But now it's December, and they figured out how to, one more time, show up and kick your ass. And I think that's what they're going to do to the Giants. I've got 34-17. to 17. The Giants are kind of like the Vikings were, but the Giants had the chariot turn into a pumpkin several weeks ago. Well, they don't like have they were, yeah. like, how are they winning games? How are they winning games? How are they winning games? Same thing as the Vikings. Right, right. It's gotten to a point where they, they just they they don't have the talent. Yeah, to that's that it, goal. Mike. That's right. Right. Like you, you know, you, you guys at least the Vikings got those guys you can depend on on big moments, right? It's like, "Oh, all right. Well, damn, everybody's covered, but here's Justin Jefferson. Let's just throw it up." Thielen, Cook. You guys got some individual players even defensively, even though the defense isn't great. We said, you know, Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith. Every week we go, oh, one of those guys makes kind of an awesome play during the game. So that is, I think you're spot on. And that's the difference of the football team. But yeah, I think really the reality of the Giants of what we kind of, you know, it's already been a win year for the Giants. They won. It's, I don't give a shit what happens here on out. Of course, I want them to go to the playoffs and I'm rooting for them. I'm a Giants fan. But, like, this has already greatly exceeded my expectations. Uh, you know, Giants fans before the years were all just going, man, if we could just be, you know, in the race in November, that would be great. Well, we're in it. But, you know, now we're going to play some real teams down the, you know, down the home stretch here. And, and I don't think we're, you know, in that caliber or in that class of team right now. And it is weird that the commanders are home resting and watching while they get ready for the rematch next week. And yeah, it's funny. The Giants, meanwhile, have to play the Eagles, which will make it even harder for the Giants to win that game at uh, FedEx Field next weekend. All right, next game, Ravens and Steelers. The first time they get together this year is in December. 
They'll play twice down the stretch. And the Steelers, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Why? Because Lamar Jackson is out. Tyler Huntley is in. It's the lowest over under the week at 37. The Steelers have won two in a row? Two in a row. Three and a four. They've won three out of four. They gave the Bengals everything they could handle. Can the Steelers give the Ravens everything they handle and and knock the Ravens out of first place in the AFC North and also get the Steelers to six and seven and stay very much alive in the playoff? I, I don't know if you're influencing me or not. I don't know. I really don't. But th- it just feels like this is this is going to be a Pittsburgh win. Just the way two teams are going here, and it's in Pittsburgh, and they always do unexpected shit. You know, when their backs are against the wall. You've said it always. I mean, you got a great feel for it. And I think this is one where it's like, yeah, unexpected shit. Plus, they're kind of playing good, and the Ravens aren't playing good. And and that's where I look at it to be an issue. And I think it plays into I, – I just feel like when the Raiders know, you know and, and the Ravens can't run the ball very good, so – when they know they can kind of go all in on one thing, and then with this, they don't have to worry about a big-time passing game here. So they can put their eggs into, let's stop Greg Roman and all that stuff, let alone it's not executing all that well itself, the run game there. And then, not sexy, but, you know, you've talked about it. The Steelers' offense has it going as good as we've seen here this year. You know, it's, it's not explosive plays, but it is – Kenny Pickett efficient, picking you apart, you know, makes a scramble for eight or ten every now and then. The run game's going a little bit. Steelers, I'm taking them. 19-17. I think it'll be a close one, but I think they win it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's always close between these two teams. I'll go 13-9 Steelers. And there's just, look, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. And with 17 games, you know, last year he got lucky and they went 8-8-1, so it was a push. (laughs) That's right. But – uh, they they can lose one more of the final five, and they just have that. They just they, yeah, that video that was making the rounds on Sunday. And there's been a lot of talk about it in Pittsburgh, uh, where the the fan with his phone is, hey hey, Coach Tomlin, go get the win, and he says, man, I'm fucking working. Just snaps at him. I mean, that's the that's kind of the mindset of the Steelers right now. They're buckled down, they're locked in, and Tomlin is doing his thing, and he does not want to have a losing season. And I would not bet against Mike Tomlin under any set of circumstances, and I think they'll win this game 13-9. to Even with Lamar Jackson, I would probably pick the Steelers to win this game. With Tyler Huntley, I definitely do so. 13-9, to Steelers win and get to 6-7 and and make things very interesting over the final few weeks of the season. Final game in the 1 o'clock window on Sunday. Jaguars at the Titans, the new-look Tennessee Titans with John Robinson out and Mike Vrabel in full control of the team. The Titans are only four-point favorites after the Jaguars were shredded last week in Detroit. Over under a 41. Chris, you have picked Jacksonville against the spread in 11 of their 12 games, and they are 4-7 and seven in the games in which you have picked them against the spread. Mm-hmm. Will you dare to do it again? Gosh. I'm, I'm just it's it's no wonder I'm losing in the spread department. Holy shit. Um, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not. I, I do think it's a scary one. I mean, the Titans, again, we know they're not really a blowout anybody type football team. That's not what they do. So and then you take a team that, you know, last week, Jacksonville wasn't bad at stopping the run. It was the pass game that tore them apart. And I, I don't know. Can Tennessee's passing game tear them apart? I don't know if they can. I got to think the Jaguars are going to answer the bell a little bit and be pissed off by their performance. 
but not as pissed off as the Tennessee Titans, and the Titans are a better football team. So I, I have a hard time thinking Jacksonville is going to be able to consistently move the ball on Tennessee. That, that's where I look at it. Uh, I, I think the Titans get back on track here, win a tough physical football game, 21-16. to 16. So you have them barely covering. Barely I think covering. it's going to be a little more than that, 31-17. to 17. Look, I'm a firm believer that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel had a power struggle. Mike Vrabel won. That's going to give him a boost, the team a boost. I think they come out of this ready to hit their stride, ready to go down the stretch. They may not be higher than the four seed. Who knows? But they're going to get things back on track, and, and I think this should be a pretty good game, especially with Trevor Lawrence kind of banged up. And the Jaguars, again, that kid that brings home straight A's every once in a while but can't do it consistently. It's and look, unreal. they had straight D minuses last week yeah. against right. the Detroit Lions. So I can't have faith in them, but I have faith in Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. Let's take a break when we return. Late afternoon, including... Tom Brady taking on Brock Purdy for the first time ever and perhaps the only time ever. We'll discuss that next on Chris Sims Unbuttoned and PFTPM. Pretty good. PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, the late afternoon games for week 14. This one was supposed to be prime time. The Broncos got to be pretty bad to get Patrick Mahomes flexed out of prime time. But look at what you did, <laughs> Look at what you did to Patrick Mahomes in the <laughs> right. NFL. You're we funny. don't get to watch Patrick Mahomes because you guys suck that bad. You Come suck on, so bad. Are you we gonna don't take get to that? watch Magic are Man. Are you going to let them do that to you? What's the world coming to? Is that the motivation? They took us out of prime time. Let's go beat the Chiefs. They're <laughs> nine and a half point favorites over Denver in Denver with an over under of 44. Yeah, they're going to need more than that. They're going to have to like give uh, the Chiefs some uh, secret Denver stash weed brownies in their breakfast that morning if they want to pull this shit off, okay? <laughs> you know, maybe Mahomes, hey, we gave him an ounce of weed and a brownie. Oh, yeah, well, he looks a little off today. Yeah, he's off. He's uh, stoned out of his fucking mind. He's throwing interceptions everywhere. That's the only chance they got. I mean, really. I, I, again, the Broncos, how can you expect anything from that offense? You know, I, again, I, you, know, you know it. We talk about it every week. I hate always saying it. The defense is good. They're going to have a little bit of a blueprint of things of what the Rams did to the Chiefs and be able to play off of that. E.J. Everos from L.A., the Rams, uh, that coaching staff. So he saw that. So I could see them – you know, I could see it being one of those games where the Chiefs aren't totally motivated and are kind of moving up and down the field. And, you know, then somebody misses a wide open touchdown. And, you know, and then, oh, gosh, they had to settle for a field goal. And it's like one of those, I'm going to go 27-13 victories where it's like, it feels like they should have won 40-10. to But it's the Chiefs and they lose interest and then they just fuck around at the end of some of these games at times. Uh, so I just feel like that's the way this one will go, too. I got the exact same score as you do, 27 to 13. And the Chiefs will be motivated to win because, number one, they want to catch the Bills for the top seed, but also they don't want to screw around and blow the two seed to the Bengals and then have to go to Cincinnati in the divisional round. Yeah. You at least want to be home for the divisional round if you know you're going to go on the road to face Buffalo in the championship round. So they have extra motivation to win, and this is a game they should win. And isn't like Patrick Mahomes undefeated in his career on the road against the AFC division rivals. I don't think he's he ever lost to an AFC Hasn't West lost. team on the road. It's not going to start with a Broncos team that is as bad as any Broncos team has been since Super Bowl 50 when they won it and then just disintegrated in the years since then. So 27-13 for me as well. Chiefs cover and uh, Broncos lose 
yet again. Panthers at the Seahawks. This was once kind of a great rivalry. In yeah, it was. You're back right. When it was Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. And I remember thinking at one point, is this the new Tom Brady and Peyton Manning? Well, a lot has changed in a few years. Seahawks favored by three and a half. The Panthers still in the race in the NFC South, but with the Bucks winning on Monday night, it makes it a lot harder for them. 43 and a half over under. Seahawks trying to hold on to a playoff berth in the NFC. Do they get this win and get uh, a second straight victory as they continue their run for the postseason. You know, I I, I think it's I, I do. I'm gonna of course take the Seahawks. Uh, not not anything shocking there. Um, I I do think it's maybe a little scarier than it looks at like just you know base level, and the fact that Panthers defense been pretty good lately. You know, we've talked about they got some players over there that can be disruptive. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But then I think. The, the, the part that scares me just a little is the Seahawks' defense versus the Panthers' run game, which has become a real force here, where you just go, damn, they just, they're, not, they're kind of running the ball on everybody. So that's where I look at it a little bit to be, hey, they could control the clock and you know, make things interesting that way. You know, that, that's where I worry. And the Seahawks' defense, as we know, it, it's not very good. I think what might play in their favor is it's not a great passing offense, but you got to be careful about being too aggressive against Carolina because a guy like DJ Moore can run by anybody. Um, but I'm still going to take the Seahawks. I just think the Seahawks, their offense has too much right now. Kenneth Murray, Kenneth Walker, excuse me, he would maybe change my thought about how much they win by. You know, they're they're a different team when he's on the football field. Uh, they're not a great running team. He's just a great talent. So he gets a lot of runs where you go, well, that should have been about a three-yard gain. You go, man, fucking guy's a magician and an unbelievable explosive athlete. He got 15 on that run. Like, he had nowhere to go. Uh, so I just think, you know, that does play into the maybe the final score factor for those to watch that injury report there. But the way Geno, the way they throw the football, you know, they don't ever give up on the run. I'm going to go Seahawks 30-20 to 20 in this one. I've got 27-20, same idea. And, yes, concerns about the running game because the Seahawks have been gashed lately. They screwed around with the Rams team they should have beaten easily. I am concerned about where the Seahawks are right now, and I think that there's a good chance they don't make it to the playoffs. I hear you. Next year is their year to make their run. But uh, this is a critical one. They have to win this one in order to stay alive and uh, and from the Panthers standpoint if they want to have any chance at trying to pull their way back into this NFC South race and Steve Wilkes is trying to secure the long-term head coaching job so they've got every reason to do it and they've got Sam Darnold you know it occurred to me this is a battle of a couple of former Jets would-be savior quarterbacks <laughs> Gino right. Smith and Sam Darnold that, yeah, that, who have washed out and, yeah and Darnold Darnold's looked good since he's gotten the chance to play. He has. He, he, not that he's going to be the Panthers quarterback, but he's in a better position than Baker Mayfield to land a bridge starting job next year, don't you think? Yeah, I, I, I do. A hundred percent. You know, it's it's or, or at least just go to somewhere to be that high end backup to where they go. Wait, we you're good and we're a good team, and if we lose our quarterback, we don't feel as bad about ourselves. So you know that's the positive. And you said it right about Seattle. It is, this this is a must win in a lot of ways. You know they're they're kind of sitting comfortable right now, but they got to watch it. Their 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 schedule after this is brutal. I mean, 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, Rams. You know, I know the Rams. We saw the Rams know how to play them, but those other three games, crap. Uh, they certainly could lose all three of those and be sitting in a must win situation to go to the playoffs. Uh, so this is one they they need to take for sure. 
and they can't peek past this one to the short week game against the 49ers. They've got to just take care of business, build a little more confidence, and then hope for the best against the 49ers. All right, speaking of the 49ers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to, to Levi's Stadium, third straight home game for the 49ers, first career start for Brock Purdy, who was in for the injured Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady coming back to his home area. Grew up in San Mateo, was a 49ers fan, was at the catch game, if you haven't heard, a thousand times. Three-and-a-half-point favorites of the 49ers, 37-and-a-half over-under. Tampa Bay is 3-8-1 and one against the spread this year. That is the worst in the entire league. And they looked like crap for 55 minutes on Monday night. But they got it together for the final five minutes and somehow found a way to win the game. As I was watching that comeback on Monday night, I'm thinking that this looks great, but it is not going to fly in San Francisco. It's not going to work. The 49ers are too good to let the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hang around and to let the Tampa Bay Buccaneers engineer a couple of late drives to win the game. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening either. You know, there, there's there's a, a base level of wanting to go like – well, gosh, it's Brock Purdy's first start. That's Tom Brady. And you want to make the game closer just because of that. But I, I, you got to, I, 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 at least was like, I, you got to get over that. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, Brady is not the Brady we think. Yeah. If it's the last drive of the game and okay, it's like that, then I'd be a little scared. I get that. But you know, it's, it's, he's not in the trust tree right now as far as high level football play. And they can't protect them that well. And you got this crew coming to town, and Eric Armstead's got another game under his belt. And they played their worst game on defense that I've ever seen them play in the Shanahan era. As I said to you last week, I've never seen a, a team do that to San Francisco. The Tampa's not capable of that. They're not a good running football team, and they don't do that type of stuff. And then Brady doesn't want to hold the ball if there's pressure around him. And that's scary against San Francisco. And the Bucks, as much as I want their defense to turn around, yeah, they, they might have a little advantage of, you know, the, the, the pass offense might not be as extensive with Brock Purdy. But I think that the 49ers run game has gotten going here. And Purdy's good enough. I'm going to go 49ers 23-13. to 13. Uh, I just think they're a much better football team. And I think this is one where – we could see Brady in the offense off kilter and antsy throughout the football game. Yeah, I've got 24-13, and, and it may be worse than that because that game on Monday night, the Saints were incapable of delivering the knockout blow. Right, they messed they it up so many times, right? Repeatedly. I mean, drop third down the passes. The 49ers right. will deliver the right. knockout blow. I mean, it could be 27-3, to frankly. Uh, it could be even worse than that. The only reason I'm... Holding it a little closer together is the Brock Purdy factor, and maybe yeah. the 49ers will be extra conservative on offense. Right. But I just don't see the, the Tampa Bay offense doing enough to overcome the 49ers' defense. The 49ers' defense, as long as the, the core players are healthy, they're the best defense in the league, and they can carry them to the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady is potentially going to be interested yet again in joining the 49ers after this season if he wants to continue his career because that may be the best spot for him next year. It's premature talk about quarterbacks for the 49ers, but it's, at one of these points, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, at one of these points, Tom comes knocking and they, they need to listen. <laughs> uh, I mean, you put all that around him, 
You put that talent around him on both sides of the ball, holy crap. You put him in Shanahan's system, holy crap. And he'll get to watch how it all works without him on Sunday and with Brock Purdy. And I, I just I have no concerns about Brock Purdy. The four-year starter, the quotes from Trent Williams that we shared earlier on PFT Live, how he's unflustered and he's already calling guys out. You run the wrong route, he's going to give you shit. He's going to tell you to shut up. If you're who, even if you're a you know a seasoned veteran, he he's got that that personality that couples with the talent and puts him in a position where he can come in, manage the games, win the games, and and be every bit as good as Jimmy Garoppolo was and maybe he maybe he's the guy who'll make the big throw in the big spot that Garoppolo couldn't yeah well he's got again I don't think the talent level is is too dramatically different here and Purdy's ability to run is actually better than Garoppolo too uh his arm like I said earlier today it's 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 no stronger or weaker it's the same as Garoppolo's it is you know yeah it's just whether you can trust him to maybe read more of the intricate plays within the offense but I think Shanahan will you know, manage it appropriately. And, you know, you said it. We, you know, we've all kind of waited for the Bucks' defense to turn around because it's Brady. But I, I think the proof in the, is in the pudding at this point. I mean, it's, it's just – it ain't going to happen. It's not. And I just look at it, the 49ers with them being pissed off, them, you know, the, the Bucks on a short week, the, the Bucks not protecting well, the Bucks can't run the ball well, and then it's a team in San Francisco – that has a formula on defense that gave Brady problems when he was in the prime of his career, which is they can get to you with four, and they don't need to blitz or do anything like that. And then they can do their good zone coverages behind it. So uh, there's just too many things here where, yeah, the Purdy-Brady thing I think is going to scare betters and make the line sway Tampa's way just a little bit. But I think that's just a, a headline. I just don't think that's going to be the, the meat and potatoes of this matchup. And, look, the Buccaneers, you know, the Falcons are shifting to Desmond Ritter for the stretch run after the bye. The Panthers are still hanging around. The Saints are in a bye as well. The Buccaneers have the 49ers and the Bengals. They lose these next two. I still think the Bucs are going to win that division. Yeah. But they may have to sweat it out the final three weeks because I don't think they're going to win the next two games. No, well, they might not. But then they, you know, it's Arizona, Carolina, and the Falcons. And, you know, I think the point we're, we're both saying is, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the Bucs could maybe lose every game the rest of the year and they're still going to win the division. That, that's just <laughs> the amazing thing right now. The South is that bad. I know it is. You're right. It's only going to be one or two wins needed, I think, for them to get over the hump and win the division. Um, but but either way, yeah, let's see if they can fight, beat, you know, fight and claw, be close in the football game to where maybe they can, you know, fake make themselves believe in the playoffs that they belong and and uh, can beat one of these teams that's clearly better than them. By the way, it's going to be very difficult for you this week to make up any ground either head-to-head, straight up against the spread because we agree on everything. There's one so spread far. we don't disagree We disagree on, right? Oh, which one? Well, I took the Ravens to thread the, the needle there, like Pittsburgh to win, but the, the .5, right? I think that's the only one where we're off yes, on the spread. correct. You went 13-9, right. I went 19-17. Right, that's the only, and we picked right. the same winner, just a little bit different on the spread. 
All right, straight up though, we are, are the same. I'm going to beat you in best I'm, bets. I'm That's what I do. I'm, I'm waiting I'm going to win more concession. money for the people again. <laughs> I'm waiting for your concession speech on the on the uh, straight up. No, no, it's, it's, rigged, it's rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. We're not. I'm going to hire a Stop lawyer. Stop the count. <laughs> Stop it. Pause the show. We'll take a break. Primetime game. Stick around to see Chris's reaction when people say that Tua is actually better than Justin Herbert. We'll get you ready for the Sunday night and Monday night games right after this. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Chris Sims unbutton PFTPM prime time Sunday night Monday night the game that was flexed in place of Mahomes versus Russell Wilson we've got Tua versus Justin Herbert taken back to back in the 2020 draft fifth and sixth overall by the Dolphins and Chargers respectively the Dolphins are favored by three at SoFi Stadium the over under is 52 Dolphins overall Chris I mean they're the better team yeah Chargers on paper going into the season were the better team but you don't play it on paper, and the Chargers get banged up, and the Dolphins are playing better. They've got healthier guys, and they just look better right now. I can't imagine the Chargers winning this one. I've got no faith in them at this point. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, it's hard. It is hard. I will say, I think they match up somewhat good with the Miami Dolphins. They're not as good, like you said. I mean, this is a Dolphins team that we knew had talent before the year. We weren't sure about Tua and Mike McDaniel, and that's just absolutely exploded. And McDaniel is showing he's one of the best offensive minds in the game, and Tua's playing great. So that's all working. You know, people are insane if they don't think that the Miami Dolphins would be good if Justin Herbert was on that team. But that's another conversation for another day. All right. But yeah, the Dolphins are. It, it last week's loss to the 49ers made me feel better about the Dolphins. When I watched that film back, I went, "The Dolphins are one of the best teams in football." I know what the 49ers are. I've seen them in person and everything, and I know they're big and fast and physical. And so I, I know where to hold them in the, the hierarchy. And to see Miami and go, oh, they're every bit as talented as the 49ers. And, you know, they're dangerous and can make plays and do all that. Tua was off last week. He was off. Like I said, I've never seen them miss that many throws. I've never seen anybody this year miss that many open throws where he, he left a lot of plays on the field. I think he'll bounce back. The rest of the year has showed me he's playing good football. I'm not going to make that game be the, the determination. But, you know, yeah, there's just too much. Now, where I will say it's a little scary to me, you know, can Brandon Staley, a team that we've talked about, is made to stop the pass and Patrick Mahomes. So can they slow it down? And here's the other thing that just a little bit, and this is where maybe the over comes into play. I do think the Dolphins' aggressive style of play is not the best for Justin Herbert and the Chargers. It's, I mean, for the Dolphins, but it, I think it plays in hey, Herbert and them. They might get a few opportunities to, to make some plays down the field. Or, oh, wait, here comes the blitz. I got this pick play dialed up off a little audible or a signal to my receivers out there, whatever. Um, so I could see that happening. But the other thing that scares me, Mike, is – the Chargers' pass protection is getting worse. It's, it's got, like last week, the Raiders were all over Justin Herbert. And that, this is a team that plays a similar style and more, even with more talent. 
I'm going to go Dolphins 31-28. I'm going to take the Chargers to hang around, but I don't feel comfortable about that or, or them. You know, oh, damn, it's the three-point spread. Yes. I'll go 32-28, all right? 32-28 Dolphins. I'll take the Dolphins to cover. I'll take the Dolphins 30-24. to 24. Um, And, look, when I say I have a hard time thinking the Chargers will win – that doesn't mean I don't believe they'll be ahead at some point. This is the Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana team. It's always something. They played back-to-back Sunday nights earlier this year. They could have beaten slash should have beaten the 49ers and didn't. Could have beaten, should have beaten the Chiefs and didn't. They're the bizarro Vikings where they find a way late to blow a game they should win. And I feel like the same thing's going to happen here. They're going to find a way to blow it. The Dolphins will find a way to win it. It could be high scoring. I don't know. I mean, that over-under, maybe maybe it's a best bet to take the over on that one. It's one of the ones I'm going to have to think about when, yeah. we, when we do that segment coming right. up. But I, the Chargers are competitive, but they just have a knack for finding a way to blow it. And, yeah, oh, hey, they, they beat the Cardinals, but those are the Cardinals. Right. They won the, the Cardinals game on that late two-point conversion yeah Great. right it's awesome. the cardinals They're, but these aren't the right. cardinals exactly these yeah yeah i i hear what you're saying there yeah you're talking about like they blow games against teams that are quality that are as good as them or better they can't ever seem to pull it out there yeah the cardinals are you know one of the more dysfunctional teams in the league right now and yeah oh they pulled that one off yeah whoop-de-doo i i hear what you're saying i do um it'd be interesting though i do think the chargers i think a lot of people think that the miami dolphins are just going to blow them away and I, I just think too much of Herbert and Lombardi that they'll have a few answers from that aggressive Dolphins offense and be able to make a few plays, you know, here and there. Um, but, but yeah, this is uh, it's a good one. But the Dolphins, to me, are, are certainly an elite class in football and one of the best teams in the game. All right. Uh, Dolphins, uh, Monday night, Patriots, same, same division. So there's a save. Patriots and Cardinals. Patriots favored by one and a half. Over the Cardinals and the Patriots had 11 days to get ready for this one. You give Bill Belichick 11 days to get ready for Cliff Kingsbury, who you know, hot seat galore in Arizona. Uh, Chris, I'm going to take this one first Go and ahead. say, you know what? This is what I think. This is one where the Patriots uh, are going to scheme them up and execute and get the better of the Cardinals. I've got where's the score? Where's the score? Hello, hello, Patriots. 27-17, winning this one. I. I think Belichick has taken some of the offensive criticisms to heart. I suspect he's used some of that extra time to get personally involved in goosing the offense. And I just think that they will be. Now, I know they have trouble historically with running quarterbacks, but I think they'll be fine defensively. I think they'll score enough points offensively, and they'll do their damnedest to stay in the hunt here for a postseason berth uh, and avoid falling under 500. I like the Patriots a lot in this one, 27 to 17. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Patriots 24-20. I, I think your, you know, your base thoughts are on on par or on on the money there. Uh, and I and I think you're right. I mean, they have problems with the running quarterbacks, but you know the the problem is I don't think they'll have a problem like you just kind of said breaking down the rest of the offense to where they'll figure out how to play it and all that. I will say I worry about the Patriots offense a little in this one. I do. I, I still have, you know, respect for Arizona, the scheme, how they play it. And, you know, it seems like when teams kind of play exotic type stuff on defense that's not by the book, that the Patriots have a hard time with that. You know, when it's the Minnesota Vikings and it's just, hey, we play cover four and cover two, they're, hey, we got a million plays. We'll just dial them up. Boom, 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 boom. 
But that's where I think lack of an offensive coordinator and their lack of experience there hurts them a little bit because, you know, oh, wait, I don't know what this team's doing to me or I don't have experience of where to go here. So I guess I'm just going to take the Cardinals to hang around a little bit more because of that aspect, but I'm taking the Patriots to win. Best bets in Folsom Prison Blues pick when we wrap up Kristen's Unbutton at PFTPM right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Best bets time, a.k.a. worst bets time. Do the opposite of whatever we suggest. Chris, go first. What do you got? Against the spread or over under? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm going, to, I'm going with spread here. I'm going to take the Bengals to cover the spread. Uh, my, you know, six points, it's just, to me, not enough. It's a Bengals team that's hitting on all cylinders. They're going to be motivated by the fact that they haven't beat the Browns. They're at home. Watson in the offense, all of that. I, I, I got the Bengals winning by 11, and I could see them winning by 14 or 20 in this one. I'm going Bengals. Titans giving four to the Jaguars. The post-John Robinson bump is real. The Titans win big. Give me Ooh, your next baby. You're going against my Jaguars? How dare you? My next one is I'm going with the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to cover the spread. I know they're seven-point favorites, but I just think it's a bad matchup for the Giants. I think the Eagles already got over their midseason lull, and now it's you know pedal to the metal. We're going to the Super Bowl-type drive. They're going to win 31-20. Cover the spread. 49ers giving the Bucks three and a half. I think it's going to be ugly for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Give me the 49ers to cover. One more. Let's go. I'm taking the 49ers too. That's going to be mine as well. I'm going there with you. Same thing. I just think a defense is too much for that Bucks out. Last one for me, the team that Tom Brady used to play for, New England Patriots, only given one and a half in Arizona. I think with that extra time to get ready, the Patriots win, and they could win big. All right, Folsom Prison Blues, the one team to win. Straight up, I'm Cowboys. Well, duh. Cowboys I mean, it's whoever the Texans yeah. play every week. That's who we're taking. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> it from now on. Thanks for some of your time. Enjoy the games this week. See you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.